You found it, the home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 92, Redo. We had some audio issues, so I am going to do the whole thing over again. If you saw the episode without the audio with the exception of the interviews. My apologies for that. Just a lesson learned is every time you plug in or unplug a video camera, make sure your default audio settings do not change. So I learned that the hard way. So we have a lot in this show. We have Eric Karen, we have Clay Clark, and those interviews are awesome. So stick around for that. First, I just wanted to kind of set the stage here, and and uh, I'm not going to show any advertisements in this show, so I'm just going to cover a few things up front. If you're on the podcast side, of course, the ads are inserted automatically. There's not a lot I can do about that, but uh, just want to remind you, you can go to kirkelliotphd.com slash thepatriotreview altogether, the Patriot Review, and you can make some sound investment choices, get some advice, buy some gold and or silver. And you can help the show out along with that. So if you're looking to actually uh, invest in something that's not going to lose its value, like the dollar is, um, go to Kirk Elliott, and it's Elliott with two L's and two T's, KirkElliottPhD.com slash The Patriot Review. So check that out. Also, of course, you can go to MyPillow.com or MyStore.com and use promo code TPR. And get great deals on MyPillow products and other great entrepreneurial uh, products on the MyStore site from uh, um, Americans on America-made product. So check that out. Again, the code is TPR. And, uh, you know, you get great value and great deals. So I will have to say that I do use the MyPillow products. Um, and they are second to none. Truly, I think you'll be satisfied with anything you order off of there if you haven't done so. Again, the code is TPR. So uh, so today we're going to continue in the uh, good versus evil battle a little bit. And I want to show this intro again. I know we've already seen this in the past, but it's, it, fits, uh, it fits so well. I just need to show it again. So here we go. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule. That government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. We are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. And this makes us special among the nations of the earth. Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. It is made up of men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, man our mines and factories, teach our children, keep our homes, and heal us when we're sick. Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks, cabbies, and truck drivers. They are, in short, we the people. Their patriotism is quiet but deep. Their values sustain our national life. No weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Well, I believe we, the Americans of today, are ready to act worthy of ourselves. Ready to do what must be done to ensure happiness and liberty for ourselves, our children, 
and our children's children. We are a nation under God. And I believe God intended for us to be free. Freedom is the highest aspiration of the American people. The price has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. So that that whole quote really stands out in today's times, especially one of the things that Reagan mentions is there in there is that the values set the tone for our national way of life. And I think that says a lot about why we're at where we're at today. The values, the the moral compass, the values, the Judeo Christian value set has been under attack for decades, and that is a large part of the problem. So let's turn to some headlines. I don't normally cover you know, uh, recent news or headlines. Uh, usually the show is much more overarching and dealing with the, the larger topics and conversational in style with long form interviews. I hope you enjoy that because it is something different. It's not something that uh, you find in, in other shows. Most shows cover the recent headlines and they limit their interviews to, you know, seven minutes, 10 minutes, something like that. Uh, so I hope you enjoy this format. If you're on board for the first time, welcome here. I do want to just give you some examples, though, of what's in the media. So here we are. We're sitting and we we are talking about all kinds of issues on the on the global stage. And right here in America, our three-letter agencies are have gone way beyond their their authority. We have stories like this one where we have a journalist who went up missing shortly after the FBI raided his home. And you don't see coverage about this. You know, this this should be a much bigger story. And it certainly, uh, you know, has the, the, the look of the KGB instead of the FBI. And, uh, you know, that's a story that I hope we all uh, hear some good news about in the very new future. And the other story that I wanted to talk about was this one. And I don't want to automatically assume that this is related to the COVID jab, but certainly with the number of these same types of stories, these young people, these athletes, uh, people just suddenly dying, the so-called sudden adult syn death syndrome, which you know is brand new since when? Since the jabs started. And the number of deaths that are being reported where they say this person suddenly died you know, has spiked and has really gone through the roof. And the only thing that's happened, you know, that's different is the jab. So we certainly, at the very least, need to be very seriously studying this as a, as a uh, invisible in the mainstream media. And that's that's where everything falls apart. The mainstream media is not doing their job, as you all know. And the American people and actually the people of the world are paying for it. Uh, so we have, this is out of New Zealand, 95% of corpses had received the COVID vaccination within two weeks of death. Uh, the obvious response that you're going to hear is, yeah, well, that's because 100% of the citizens there had the vaccine, uh, had the vaccination, uh, the death shot, actually. And just go through this. I have the link in the comments for this video. Go through this article and 
you will have a different mindset as to what's really going on. So uh, this kind of stuff is, you know, we're bombarded with this kind of stuff on a daily basis, and it's not just the COVID, and it's not just the economy, and it's not just, you know, uh, concern about uh, the value set and concern about what our children are learning in schools. I mean, it's coming at at us from all angles, and that's intentional, that uh, sowing chaos. If you remember Rahm Emanuel, never let a good crisis go to waste. Well, we've certainly seen the left do that for sure. Everything that's happening, the globalist agenda, the depopulation efforts, all of that coming from the fascist left, and I've argued many times that fascism is a product of the left. It's not a product of the right. Anarchy is a product of the right. If you're on the right, you want the smallest government possible. And if you're at the way extreme right, you want no government whatsoever. Where the left is all government control, communism, socialism, and fascism. And we certainly are turning into a communist state. If you look at the political prisoners, uh, J6ers, and I'm all for prosecuting people who actually did damage to the Capitol building and stuff, but uh, I'm also for due process, and there's obviously two forms of justice in our country, one for the elitist leftists and one for those of us who actually value and know the Constitution, who understand how America succeeded, who believe that America has been a noble country, uh, Yes, there have been terrible parts to our history, uh, but if you bring up slavery, for example, there's not a country on the globe that didn't uh, that didn't go through periods of times with slavery, and you know that's more with the um, the conquest in those times, and uh, there's still slavery going on today. As a matter of fact, the the uh, fact is that we were among the first of the countries to actually abolish slavery. The first four countries were actually all dominated by white males, so that goes in, in the face of the narrative. So that said, the positives out there, the good side, I just want to shout out to those of you that I met in Green Bay at this uh, observer training and vote voter um, poll worker training, and very well done and very, very interesting, and I just wanted to throw this up there to say thanks if there's anybody in Green Bay watching the show it was my pleasure if, if i met you if i didn't you know maybe sometime in the future i will so i thank you for your kind words and i threw that up because this is happening all over the country i was surprised by the number of people there and i just want to emphasize that if you don't go out on november 8th and cast your vote then you have nothing to complain about and you have to we have to go through that exercise to to break the uh, algorithms and to make sure that we take the House and the Senate, and uh, we need to do that. And the Republicans, you better get on the ball right away, day one. You have to take care of the J6ers. You have to look out for our national security interests and then restore the respect that we had across the world. And you have to take on the economy, open up the energy production, become uh, energy independent and energy dominant, uh, you know, and uh, and close the border and so many other things. But uh, let me tell you, the rhinos and the Republicans, you better wake up. You better do something. People are fed up, and they people need that. Um, they need to see action, and they need to see it on day one. 
This is the Trump rally Saturday night. An awesome moment I wanted to share. Uh, but remember this, January 6th, this committee, the two things they didn't talk about, two things, was that the people went down there and you could have had over a million people. so beautiful. You know, when this whole big group stood up, I said, oh, we have protesters. And you know what? They are protesting. They're protesting what's taking place in our country. And it's so bad and so wrong. It is a protest. Absolutely is a protest. And I'll tell you what, that moment was just absolutely awesome. And it's, it is what scares the left to death. So keep it up. Um, that is a, a, a peaceful demonstration of just how much we believe in our country, and that has to scare them because they know that the American people are wise to what they've been doing and that um, that justice is coming for them. And they'll probably laugh at me. You may be laughing at me if you're on the left. And um, my my word to you is just stay just stay uh, stay seated, and we'll see who's right in the end. So one of the other things Reagan mentioned uh, is that we are one nation under God. And he, he had this quote as well. He said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. And some, some uh, comments about that in on franksocial.com. Yes, indeed, he was absolutely right. And I think that we're, we're there. The good news is, in the battle of good versus evil came out this week that uh, millennials are going back are coming back to the church and, and uh, finding their faith in large numbers so that is positive and encouraging and I think when you look at examples like that or you look at the the impromptu singing at the Trump rally uh, you can't help but uh, be lifted by that and it's my hope that you all find the positive things that are out there and not just the negative 
because uh, we all need that. So uh, I wanted to share that with you up front. Now we're going to go to the interviews right back to back. So I'm not going to have commercials. I'm not going to interrupt between the two interviews. At the end, I'll come back with some final thoughts and wrap it up. So here's Eric Karen. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Mr. Eric Karen, who is one of my very, very favorite interviews. And you're going to see why. Eric, welcome back. Hey, brother. Good to, to be back with you. I look forward to our conversation. And uh, it's a beautiful day here on Cape Cod. I bet it is. Here it's gray. It looks like winter sky coming in Wisconsin. That's uh, that's uh, six months of perpetual grayness, uh, which, you know, you got to take some vitamin D for or something. But I tell you what, um, Eric, I like having you on. And the topic we're going to talk about today, I wanted to get into the Biden crime family and the CIA's involvement specifically with the Biden crime family. I know you have a lot to say about that. Yeah. But before we do that, I want to just mention your book, Switched On. You go to switchedonlife.com, uh, right? Yes, sir. Or Amazon. And I got to tell you, Jeff, the uh, I did the audio book. I uh, had a professional actor do it. And uh, of course, I couldn't do it. Uh, <laughs> and it's it's harder. It's harder than it. I think it sounds to do uh to be a voice actor, but uh, right. you know, uh, it came out wonderful. For those who who like the audio books, it's it's done so nice. It got music throughout the book, and uh, awesome. I'm gonna so check it, that out. Yeah, it's, it's moving. It's very very moving. Well, I'm definitely gonna check that out. You know, the 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 byline here is the heart of mind of a special agent, and I wanted to start with this because the topic again is. You know, was the CIA or is the CIA involved with the Biden crime family? And I'd probably take it further than that today. We talk about the DOJ and the FBI and the IRS and and everything else. But I wanted to start with that because you have a 25 uh, year history, right? And you yeah. you you were you worked for the Department of Treasury, U.S. Customs, uh, Homeland Security, and ICE. So you are a guy who's really been in and out of all of these agencies, you know, the internal workings, you know how it's supposed to work. Yeah. And then you know the reality and the truth. But one thing I wanted to hit on is you mentioned in your book on 9-11 being on uh, a vacation and and um, then the terrorist attacks happen. And I wanted to take you back to that. What was your mindset at that point in time as far as your viewpoint of the United States and and how these agencies were working at that point in time. Yeah. Uh, where was your mind at that day? Well, thanks again, Jeff. Uh, you know, it's a great question, you know, reflecting back. And, um, you know, I didn't have a crystal ball, but I had spent um, about five years in Washington and uh, a few years in headquarters. And I was the terrorism program manager at the time and then went on to congressional affairs uh, just before 9-11. And so I had seen the chatter. I've seen the intelligence reports. And in fact, I I was uh, the terrorism program manager when the USS Cole was attacked. And that was just mm -hmm. um, earlier this year, we're you know, say celebrating. I think we're going on 20, 21 years now of wow. the USS Cole attack this yeah. month. And, uh, and, and, and so what I saw was a government that was um, very lackadaisical and and that we we never thought terrorism terrorists would attack us here on our shores right like they, 
like the way they did. Even though really, the day before. The attitude was, we're the big dog on the block. No one's going to touch us. No one would dare come touch us. And and I think it showed the the vulnerabilities. Uh, it mm -hmm. showed the arrogance of the CIA and, uh, and the FBI, really. Well, um, you know, I remember the, let's talk about the narrative, too, is... Um, the narrative then was, oh, we had the left talking about you have to treat it as a crime, have to use law enforcement. Then we have the people more conservative. We're talking about, no, this is more of a military matter. Then we went into the prisoners in Guantanamo Bay and all that. Yeah. So what I want to get to with you, though, is so you already knew that that there was uh, basically what I would say an attitude problem, right? I mean, a, a, a oh, lack yeah. of reality, uh, yes. what the situation really was. Yeah. So. I think it's this is going to shock my viewers here, Eric. Yes. But what yeah, Jeff, is stovepipes? Stovepipes meaning the CIA wasn't sharing with the FBI and the other agencies. The CIA culture is we're the big dog on the block. We do what we, we, we want to do and screw everybody else. So we didn't learn anything from Waco. We didn't learn anything from Ruby Ridge. We didn't learn anything from the first bombings in the in the Trade yeah. Center. So. We really didn't learn anything from the Beirut bombing, did we? I mean, no. we, so so what I want to get to here, though, is so, Eric, you've got this mindset. You know what reality is behind yes. the scenes. How many times worse today is your opinion of the CIA and the FBI and the IRS? I mean, you already had it. You already had that concept on 9-11. You already you already knew. But how many times worse is it for you today when you look at what's happening? Oh my God! So just for for you for you and others to understand, I spent a few months in Langley at CIA headquarters investigating the CIA for obstruction of justice. Wow, very, that's awesome! Very few people talk about this, um, and, and I don't really talk. I haven't really talked about it publicly much, Jeff. To be honest with you, um, but for for many of you, for the listeners and viewers. Remember the, the under Bill Clinton, there was a technology transfer case involving Hughes and Laurel, missile technology to China by these two defense contractors. And we uh, we opened a criminal investigation and we were getting support from the CIA. And then what did the CIA do? They backed orders. They went behind our backs and gave a road map, a quote unquote road map to the criminals of the uh, of the, you know, the, the targets a roadmap to our criminal investigation. And um, so I, so then the case spun off and I actually led the CIA uh, obstruction of justice case. And I, so I spent uh, some time at the agency and um, I saw an inside look uh, at the corruption and the arrogance really uh, of the CIA and the culture. And um, it's ongoing today. Uh, the, they have knowledge, I believe, of the Biden crime family and they fail to, to, to conduct their, you know, reports to the DOJ, um, and if they did the, if they did do their crimes reports, which they're obligated to do, Jeff, under Executive Order One Two Three Three Three, Executive Order One Two Three Three Three, not to get into minutia, but the intelligence agencies have an obligation to notify the Department of Justice when they when their employees or others and their others could be sources are involved in criminal acts. So if they didn't notify, if they did notify 
then what did the what did DOJ do? And my guess is, my guess is they didn't notify that they had information that either Hunter Biden or Joe Biden or others uh, were involved in criminal acts. Um, so that's an issue. Um, and it's ongoing. There's a culture at CIA, and that's why I'm calling for a colonoscopy of the CIA and the <laughs> I FBI. I love that language. <laughs> I mean, I really am. I mean, it for, and I'm saying, listen, I still have friends with the agencies and and, and various agencies. So, you know, the worker bees, it's not the worker bees, right. but at the very top, highest levels, it's all corrupt. And they're going to be worker bees out of the White House. There's going to be worker bees if this if this is brought into the light that are thrown under the bus, for sure. Yeah. Uh, you write in in this uh, write up here that um, that Jackie sent me. Yeah. Uh, congressional hearings investigations will reveal most of the dirty secrets. DOJ will be silent, especially while Joe is still in office. Yeah. Now, do yeah. you see? Do you see? Uh, first of all, do you see? Do you see the red wave coming in and sweeping? And do you see the Senate actually having the stones to actually go through with, uh, you know, uh, um, booting, impeaching and booting Biden out of office? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, man, good, good question. So let's just back up for a second. Sure. Joe sure. Biden, Joe Biden as the sitting vice president, and, and it's well documented in DOJ, DOJ literature and regulations. Any employee may not use any, I'm sorry, an employee may not use his official position, including information learned by virtue of his position for his own personal benefit or for the benefit of others. That's an inter, this is a DOJ, wow. you know, yeah. document, okay? So anybody can see it. So misuse of position, misuse of official title, misuse of property, i.e. Air Force One, so, so when Joe Biden goes to China on these, you know, these official government, you know, meetings, mm -hmm. they're very well orchestrated in advance, Jeff. We're talking weeks, if not months in advance. It's very well attended, meaning briefed by other agencies, including the agency, CIA, State Department, DOD, and others. Um, everybody who's going to meet the vice president is vetted. And um, so when Hunter Biden is meeting with the CIA, uh, his, you know, the spy chief for, for China, that doesn't happen without the agency knowing about it. That does not happen without the agency. So either the CIA, but two, we get two right. excuses, two, um, I say excuses, but two ways to think about this. If the CIA is incompetent, meaning Hunter Biden is setting up foreign government, foreign entity companies with foreign Chinese spies around the U.S. and the CIA doesn't know about it or or the CIA is supposed to be the top dog on the block as far as they're the, the top spy agency and they're competent. Um, so you can't have it both ways. Right. My thing is the CIA had very had the knowledge of Hunter Biden in the, in the Biden crime family, but it was a quid pro quo. What do I mean by that? Hey, we know Joe Biden is the vice president and he's setting up all these businesses, but he's, he's also, they're also helping us because it gives us a glimpse in inside the uh, Chinese government. And uh, we're setting up these government, these companies and 
um, where we, we have potential uh, flipping double sort, double agents. Yeah. Um, so it's a, just like, you know, if I can just, the analogy, Jeff, is the, mm -hmm. the FBI handling Whitey Bolger in Boston. Right. Good example. Hey, before we, before we go, go before we leave that point, uh, uh, I want to get to Tony Bobulinski in a yeah, second. Um, the the point I want to make here is you talked about the charges, the 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 shall not do's, right, and the rule, the one two three dash three three, and that's all great stuff. But my question is, with Afghanistan and and arming our enemies, that single act alone is that not the very definition of treason on the part of the imposter? in the white house today of course so that yeah, is what I mean, you are you are you are uh i'm saying biden will be impeached right but i want to go beyond that and i want to i want to you know we're working on you're helping me with this yeah. high treason documentary yeah yeah and um will he uh, be removed is the question either will he be removed but i think people want to see more than that i don't know that they're going to get it but i think the the man needs to go to go through uh well, him and Fauci and a lot of people for so many reasons, COVID being the primary one, the crimes yeah. against humanity stuff. But so then Tony Bobulinski, he comes on Tucker and, and uh, yeah. he sat down, he said, he sat down six FBI agents. And from that meeting, he says that Hunter had bragged about how he was meeting with the Chinese spy chief. Yep. Would you elaborate on that a little more? Yeah. I mean, so just at, just before the election, um, in 2020, Tony came out, Tony Bobulinski came out of the closet, if you will, with all this information, documents, his testimony. And the very next day, uh, before that debate, the next day, he walks into his headquarters, I believe it's headquarters, with agents, six agents. And and um, he had, you know, hey, I got, I, got the, I got the crown jewels here, right here. I got everything and texts and documents and business agreements and you name it, voicemails um, implicating the president and his son and others. And, uh, you know, he said, I met with these agents and station two. And who's that? Who's station? Station, station is CIA. CIA, right? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So let's stop. You know, the other elephant in the room that very few people are talking about, and I don't understand why, except you and me. I mean, if you put on the news media yes, today. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. The media is complicit in all of this. They're part of the. And, and so CIA, CIA. So Tony, you know, I'm sure either Tony did that by design. He probably did it by d design, but he threw station in there. Now, I'm not sure about you, but station doesn't come off my tongue. So in the middle of a sentence, as it as it did for Tony. My guess, educated guess, is that, that Tony and Hunter and others have been working hand in glove with Station for mm -hmm. many, many months, if not years. Okay, Years, yeah. So that, that takes me back to a question that I have, and you may be just the guy to ask it. Um, Barack Obama, uh, he's, he's campaigning for his second term. Andrew Breitbart comes out and says, I've got something that will sink this man. And then Andrew Breitbart has a heart attack and dies, and the rumors start. My question is, are you aware of anything that Breitbart actually had that would have done exactly what he said he was going to do? I'm sorry, Jeff. I can't tell you I do. 
Well, that is a question I think many people have been asking from the day they learned he died. And, and my point in even bringing that up into this conversation is that this is a lot bigger than just Hunter playing with the CIA and enriching himself and enriching the big guy, right? So, right. like you said, this has been going on for years and has a lot of different actors Absolutely. to the point where you say, you say, I believe that obtaining global peace and security is now jeopardized for generations to come. For generations to come. Yeah, brother. Uh, Dad. It, you know, in the 1950s, early 60s, kids were kids were being told to get under their desk, duck and cover, the atomic uh, scare. And in a day and age when the atomic weapons of today make those look like the little snap things you throw on the ground on July 4th, uh, yeah, we're talking World War III. You hear talk about nuclear weapons being used, and everybody, uh, you know, for the most part, it's shrugged off. And here yeah, we well. are, you know. So, so what is your what is your thought around global peace and and this and how this affects it and and the agencies and what needs to happen so that they can do what they're actually tasked with, which yeah. is. Yeah, let me let me just say that, you know, I you know, I wrote that I wrote an article uh, on switchedonlife.com under the Karen Chronicles reference Afghanistan, uh, as you mentioned, and 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 saying that global peace is in jeopardy. Um, and I wrote that article maybe whatever, close to a year ago now. And, you know, I, not that I'm Notre Dame, who is a you know French philosopher. And, mm -hmm. and, and but but. Based on my time with the government, I had been to Afghanistan and, you know, and you don't have to be a rocket scientist, but we left billions of dollars right. worth of military equipment. If you know anything about the Middle East and the culture uh, of, of the Sunni Shia uh, area of the world there, um, this cancer, as soon as as soon as the the medication, if you will, the U.S. is 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 taken away and the antibiotics, you knew that cancer was going to spread like wildfire. And that's exactly what we have right now. Afghanistan is now a whole country, a whole country full of terrorists. We got, right. and led by the Taliban, and who's, a, in my opinion, is a terrorist organization, um, and they should be treated as such. And, and so there's a safe haven for all terrorists from Pakistan to Egypt to Iran, um, the UAE, Afghanistan is a safe haven for terrorists and their operations to be orchestrated and planned and carried out throughout the world. There's no there's no borders to be, you know, to, really. Who's controlling the borders there? Who's mm -hmm. controlling the issuing of passports there? All right. I mean, so, so... I say what I say, Jeff, is that globalization, on one hand, is 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 good. Free, you know, trade and travel and telecommunication—the three T's: trade, travel, telecommunication. They're wonderful for all of the good guys because we we live fairly comfortably. Right. But the bad guys love to exploit trade, travel, telecommunications for their own criminal purposes. And so be it, be it the, the counterfeiters from China importing their counterfeit goods and shipping containers all day long. Very few shipping containers are examined. When I say mm -hmm. examined, opened up in America, right. maybe maybe one, two percent, maybe. 
And so so we have to, as Americans, understand that we have to we have to be switched on. We have 328 ports of entry in America that come into America, official ports of entry, never mind the unofficial ports of entry that we see being made in the southwest border by right. the cartels. But 328 ports of entry, they all have to be secure because bad guys go where it's soft. The northern border, yeah, the northern border right. is wide open. The right. seaports are wide open. And right. that's why that's why I'm very concerned of the state of our affairs from a security standpoint in America these days. We are very, very, very vulnerable to a, a terror attack. We're, we're, we're already seeing what the cartels are doing right. to our cities. I mean, let me unpack a little bit of that and interject some things. So I think you're absolutely right. Obviously, you know what you're talking about. People coming across the border. People need, Americans need to understand we are at war. We are already at war. We have been for years. Yep. And uh, I don't rem remember what it's called. Uh, Annie Cyrus could probably tell me. But there's a, 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 a specific phrase. Uh, in Islamic religion that basically says, you know, part of the Quran, it's okay to lie. And then you basically you circle the mountain until yes. you get to the top. Yes, yes. So, so, so we have that and the American people need to wake up and understand that we're at war at the same time we're at war. We're allowing all these people to come in. Not only that, but we're killing 150 to 200,000 people with fentanyl. You think for, yeah. for 20, for 20 years, for 20 years, we fought in Afghanistan, and in one year, we're going to kill up to 200,000 people with a drug and don't do anything about it. Another, uh, another, yeah, another, a, another, another uh, act of treason, in my opinion. But. Millions. Listen, I, I can tell you since 1999, what we're talking of over a million people have died from overdose. Over that's a, that's the city of Jacksonville, Florida, and San Antonio gone in America due to fentanyl. Over a million people since 1999. Last year alone, 45,000 people suicide in America. America's in crisis, like it or not. We well, can't definitely. ignore it. People, Joe Biden might want to say we're not, but America is in crisis. We have to get back to the basics of strengthening the mind, the, the, the body, and the soul, because we're so off balance as, as Americans. We have to get back to the basics and we need to elect a leader who understands his number one, number one priority is to keep our butts safe. We learned that lesson the hard way on 9-11 where nearly 3,000 Americans died, 10,000 injured plus. So all this trade and LGBTQ and wokeness. This is nonsense. It is nonsense. And I would say, too, that the Americans Americans have the tendency to think that, oh, well, we're America. We're, we, we, you know, we, we always conquer. Look at World War II. Well, similar to World War II, we weren't ready for Pearl Harbor. We're not ready for what's coming uh, at all. And different than World War II, we are a society who has lost our way. We've lost our moral compass. Yes. We've, we've lost our, uh, our drive to serve something bigger and better than us. Instead, we have our own agencies who are, I just on my show yesterday showed a video clip about what's called othering. And othering is basically the steps that you go through to, to make one part of your population a scapegoat and working towards the goal, the objective of wiping, literally killing them and wiping them out. And that is what we're seeing happening to conservative Christians today. 
Yeah. We're seeing a deliberate othering. What happened in Germany and in, in, uh, Hitler's plan in Mein Kampf uh, is happening here today, and people don't want to believe it. They're too, they're too caught up on what America was. Well, America isn't that anymore. And yeah. you, you talk about you know, um, countries such as Iran, Pakistan, China, and other nations are aligning with the new Afghan tal Taliban government, which you talked about just a few minutes ago. Yeah, um, they go, they've got U.S. military weapons, but folks, how it doesn't have to be a you know high technology Russian uh, supersonic nuclear weapon that that we can't shoot down, by the way, because of their trajectory and how they fly. It could be a it could be a country like North Korea who has a nuke on a ship that they park in New York Harbor. I mean, or a drone or drone. It, it could be a, uh, my personal viewpoint is it's still going to be the EMP. Um, so we first destroy as many of ourselves as we, as we can, but yeah, Jeff, you're absolutely right. So the, 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 you know, we have the FBI, CIA, Homeland security have limited personnel, right? Right. Of course. If they have limited personnel, which they do, because I know I used to run offices, I I can't. We're going. Should we go after terrorists and spies, or are we going after pro-lifers? Right, right. Are I we mean, throwing? Are we giving sentencing family a family of five with felony counts for simply speaking up? So you know, <laughs> I mean. Listen, you, you've been following, I'm sure, and, you know, you probably know more about it than I do. But, you know, the, at the 30,000 foot level, when I look at this one example, and I know there's others, but where the, the pro-life individual in Pennsylvania, the, mm -hmm. the Christian, gets into an altercation a year ago with, a, with an individual at a, an abortion clinic, has words, there's an altercation, please show up and say nothing to see here. We're not going to do anything about this. And they move on. A year later, the FBI picks up the ball and, and says, oh, yeah, let's go get this guy. Let's, right. spend, let's go spend weeks, months, if not, preparing for the arrest. Let's get an indictment and let's go out to his house and arrest him. Not call him in like most white cr collar criminals get a phone call. I know because I used to argue with the U.S. attorneys around the U.S. when I had prosecutions because I did all this arrests and convict, arrests and search warrants and trials. I used to say, hey, we're going to go arrest this guy. Well, he's a white collar guy. So why don't we just call him in? I'm like, no, no, this guy's a dirtbag. And this is why, you know, this is why we need to arrest him. So nine times out of 10, assistant U.S. attorneys or the U.S. attorney in the state say, well, what are the facts? What's the law? What, what's the allegation, right? And if it's white collar, we're going to call up him or his attorney, have him voluntarily surrender. Why are we going? Why is the FBI going out, knocking on his door and arresting him like that? It's all a show. It's a show because Joe Biden pushes down from from the White House to DOJ to Maine DOJ. Hey, these are the priorities. We want you to do X, Y, and Z. I know. I've been there. Right now, you you have just a few minutes, right? So, um, but anyhow, I wanted to tell you that we're, well, wasting, yeah. we're mean, wasting resources. Well, not only are we wasting resources, we're violating people's constitutional rights. It's, these guys are now they've turned into jackbooted thugs. And right. I tell you what, I feel sorry for the good ones that are still in, in internal and many of them are quitting. Yeah. But 
you know, I feel sorry for him because more and more, the more stuff that happens, the more America's Americans who believe in freedom get angered by it. That's right. And, and that's why I'm calling for, for a total colonoscopy. And really, the I'd like to see the FBI be abolished. And so explain over. that. Explain what the solution is in your eyes. Yeah, the quickly. basic bottom line is I think the CIA needs a total colonoscopy. This, this A, I'm higher than... I can't tell you squat and this is national security and, and, and uh, we can't, we can't prosecute this guy or that guy because this is national security, even though he whacked somebody, killed somebody, or he's a bank robber or whatever, but he's a CIA source. No, 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 no. I, so CIA culture needs to be like broken. You talk about like internal education for OGB, uh, LGBTQ and all this wokeness training. Forget that. What the CIA needs is a, th a thorough colonoscopy and a culture change, meaning you're not above the law, CIA. You're not above the law. You have you answer, right. to, you answer to whom? You answer to the, besides God, you answer to the law. And no one's above the law. Right. FBI should be abolished. And, the, and their, their responsibilities, quite frankly, could easily be divvied up amongst the other bureaucratic agencies right. if I make. Well, you know, there's so much redundancy in the number of agencies and what they Absolutely. all do. But, but I tell you something, to those Republicans out there, you better do something day one. I if hope you so. Get, if you get the Senate and the House, the American people have had it. And yes. the yes. left is othering us. And they will push us to the point of violence because that what that's what they want. And it will be your, you Republicans out there, that'll be on your shoulders. You will own that if you don't fix this before it turns into a, a true revolution in my opinion amen so eric uh again uh mention your your website and your social media links if yeah, people want to find you simple jeff uh, i appreciate being on your show and it's uh, switchedonlife.com and see some videos and articles that i've written and i love getting out traveling the country and the opportunity to get up in front of people and share uh what it means to be switched on in life because what i like to say jeff is if you're strengthening the mind body and soul the right way and they all need to be strengthened about about the same way they all need they're all equally important the mind body and soul then even in darkness you can still see a path to greatness if you're switched on because life is hard life can be really bad at times and we all have been it been there right. i've been there uh life is tough disappointments and medical issues and divorce and breakups and all that good stuff and so so we have to get switched on uh both in our personal life as well as our professional life and so if people are looking for a guest speaker i love to come out and, and share um as well so and I, like i said the audio book is on amazon it's unbelievable i gotta tell you the the producer said hey eric by the way calls me up because you know the audio guy the uh, voice the voice actor you hired he ended up crying about six times while he was working on your book. He thought it was so <laughs> unbelievable. Wow. So, so yeah, so that, that's a, that, that that's was awesome. good. Yeah, man. That's awesome. And you know, the 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 thing I'll add to the switch down life, and for those of you that, you know, they hear they hear these things and they get depressed and they get anxious. The other the other part is the spiritual part. And I think if you you put these things together. You will be the the right. Not only will you be enlightened, but the path will be enlightened. Yeah, Doing man. what's right will be enlightened again. So, yeah. thank you so much, Eric. You're an awesome guest. You're strengthen uh, the soul, brother. You yeah. got to strengthen the soul through faith. You know what Amen. I like to say, and I'm sure you've heard it. 
Um, you know, when fear comes knocking, ladies and gentlemen, send faith to answer. Amen, brother. Thank you so much for being here. God bless you, man. I'd like to welcome back to the show, Mr. Clay Clark. Clay, it's always a pleasure. Welcome on board, sir. Hey, thank you for carving out time for me. I know today's a, it's kind of a packed uh, 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 interview time slot today, but I appreciate you carving out time. We'll see if we can drop at least 10 knowledge bombs here in these 20 minutes or so we're together. Absolutely. you got an event coming up um, this weekend, so that's awesome. I know you got a lot to do, so I will let yeah. you have at it. What you got to share with us today? Well, I'm going to try to drop uh, 21 knowledge bombs. And I'd love to get your reaction <laughs> to these things, okay? I, I mean, right. um, I am not, I just want to be very clear, I am not a Kanye West apologist. I am not an Elon Musk apologist. Um, however, it is interesting that Elon Musk seeks, is seeking to take over Twitter. Elon Musk is heavily connected, by the way, to the World Economic Forum, the Neuralink technology that connects brains to computers. That's Elon Musk. He owns CureVac, one of the largest mRNA manufacturing facilities on the planet. He created OpenAI with funding from Bill Gates. So I'm not a big Elon Musk guy. Uh, Kanye West uh, just did another interview that is wrecking the Internet. He keeps doing this. His most recent one is on Drink Champs. And during this interview on Drink Champs where uh, people are consuming alcohol while the interview is going on and uh, smoking pot, uh, he goes after uh, uh, Diddy, Jay-Z, the Kushners, oh. Adidas, the media. Uh, he talks about why he's pro-Trump and why he's not allowed to be. I mean, it's so all I can say, it's very interesting that Kanye looks to be in charge of Parler soon. He'll be in, he's trying to get in charge of Parler. Elon Musk is going to be in charge of Twitter, and Trump is in charge of Truth Social. So I think the truth is getting out. Right. And it's going to be harder to suppress with those three guys. Yeah, absolutely, especially West. Uh, you know, I he's got a talent for getting attention. And Elon Musk just gets to get attention because of his name, you know, but uh, kind of gets a lot more, in my opinion. But um, so what you got to share? Is it, is it centered around that whole thing or what you got? I just think that's important for people to know that, that it's it's we're almost to a point where I think that most social media will be truth media. That's that's a prediction I, I, I'm seeing happen. A second thing I wanted to share is is Boston, a, a Boston laboratory. Why did a Boston laboratory just announced that they've created a new deadly COVID strain that has an right. 80% kill rate. Right, 80% kill rate. It, mice in the lab, I think they're thinking five times more dangerous than than the original coronavirus. I just shared that Why? story. I, your, guess is, your guess is as good as mine. There's only one reason, and that's nefarious. And right. there are also, in addition to that, like 46 new labs around the world that uh, these that uh, countries are wanting to build to do the exact same thing, and obviously we can't control the ones that are out there. So it's just it blo it boggles my mind that you have top researchers at a Boston laboratory spending their time developing a COVID strain that's eight has an eighty percent kill rate. It's just mind boggling. Uh, the Daily Beast, and by the way, for anybody out there that's kind of learning how the media works, the Daily Beast sets the edge. Okay, they set the most radical edge. And then it moves from the Daily Beast to usually the New York Times. And then it shows up on mainstream, CBS, ABC, NBC, Fox. They just announced, this is the Daily Beast. This is the headline. I want people to look this up. It says, the nightmare COVID variant that beats our immunity is finally here. <laughs> right. Why do they want to be here? Yeah, right. As if it's a good thing. It's let, me take, let me take a quick, a quick sidestep here. And we were yeah. talking about the social media stuff. What about CNN? What's the, what's the plan at CNN, do you think? I don't know. I, I know that nine out of ten Americans have stopped watching CNN. Mm -hmm. I think CNN uh, 
took their biggest nosedive when uh, they went after Joe Rogan for recommending ivermectin right, and saying that it was a horse dewormer. Right. Uh, because Joe Rogan is seen by most people as objective. And because of that, his ability to expose their lies on his show really put damage on uh, CNN. I think, I, in my opinion, CNN is to media what OJ Simpson is to autograph seekers. <laughs> I, you know, the, the thing that the thing that makes it all come together, I think, is when you talk about the whole concept of othering and how to separate a part of the population and demonize them and scapegoat them. And I think that that's that's what's been happening to us. Anybody who believes in the Constitution, believes in America, who who dares to believe in you know equal justice under the law and due process. But uh, so yeah, so let's get back on track. You got the you got the labs uh, now. You got the the new variant, the the death the death jab that's out there. And to me, I mean, the whole thing just underscores the whole deep depopulation plan. You are correct. And for anybody out there that doesn't understand that or doesn't know about that, just look at the Georgia Guidestones. The Georgia Guidestones were heavily financed by Ted Turner. Ted Turner's personal mentor was Alice Bailey, who started the Lucifer Trust organization, Lucifer Publishing, and it's a depopulation satanic agenda. So we move on now. Uh, knowledge bomb number four here is Judicial Watch just uncovered this. I want everyone to look this up. This is something you can look up today, okay? Judicial Watch uncovers Biden administration propaganda plan to push the COVID vaccine. So Judicial Watch, I'm going to read this to you. This is from Judicial Watch. It says, Judicial Watch announced that it received 249 pages of records from the Department of Health and Human Services detailing an extensive plan for propaganda campaigns to push the COVID-19 vaccines. Inside the plan, and I, these are inside the plan, it's to have late night hosts, uh, Pope, share a, like, a vaccination video. It's to, they, they requested that Tom Brady create a video with his parents encouraging vaccinations. They wanted to work with YouTube on an original special about vaccinations targeted to young people. They wanted to work with Instagram to produce a series about vaccines featuring the creators. And he said, they want to request major TikTok, Snapchat, and Instagram influencers to create videos of themselves being vaccinated. They wanted to request a special on the Christian Broadcast Network featuring evangelical leaders. Folks, Christian Broadcasting Network. An interview with... Chip and Joanna Gaines for Magnolia. The question that the question that begs to be asked there is, why? Why would you have to promote something that's supposed to save people's lives if it wasn't untrue, right? I mean, how? Why do you have to publicize something right. that is supposed to be good for people? Well, okay, so we continue. So now you have EcoHealth uh, whistleblower Dr. Andrew Huff. He's now providing evidence that COVID-19 was created, this just in, in a Wuhan lab. Okay. Uh, the Gateway Pundit oh has uh, finally put that out there. Again, so, again, you got this whistleblower. He said, I worked directly with Dashik. I worked with him. I saw it. I was there. I, I'm, I'm swearing under oath. This happened. That's happening. So, next right. update, number six. Dashik videos are surfacing of, of him everywhere, referencing that he was working with his Chinese colleague, colleagues to develop a killer coronavirus. So, I mean, people are starting to get, I, I think, I don't know exactly what it takes to wake people up. I think some people go, 
you know, it seems kind of weird. And you go, what What seems weird? I don't know. Just the masks. That seems kind of weird, you know, because you can like have uh, uh, an adult beverage on a plane uh, with a mask off. But you got to put the mask on once you have the beverage. Uh, you can go to a comedy show, and if you're a server, you got to wear a mask. But if you're being served, you don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I think there's something going on. I mean, I think I think everyone's kind of becoming their own CSI. Yeah, you know, the difference CSI? between the difference between conspiracy and truth is two months, right? Exactly. You, you know, remember that CSI guy though who used to run around with the red hair and he used to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You no, know, it seems as though coronavirus COVID-19 may be planned. You know, it was just right. always that and they would like all of a sudden everyone would, would would show up in these black suburbans and black cars and they would go onto the scene and file charges or arrest somebody or prosecute, you know. I think that's where we're at as a culture right now. As, as a country where people are like, "Wait, I mean, I, I think there's something going on." You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, next thing you got here is you've all know Harari is now openly speaking about digital dictatorships. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play this. Do it. I want to just marinate on this. Listen to this. This is wild stuff here. This is uh, Dan Bongino um, is doing a great job now talking about these things. Don't let people listen to this. This is wild. Folks, I've been warning you about this for months, years on my podcast. Digital IDs are coming. It's only a matter of time. If you thought vaccine passports were bad, digital IDs would be even worse. It'd be the worst surveillance nightmare you can imagine. We are great. We have these wonderful high-tech companies. We make a lot of money out of it. It raises our, our, our power in the world. What can be wrong with it? <laughs> this debate about um, privacy versus security is as old as civilization, you can say. But there is something new now. For the first time in history, it's possible to completely eliminate privacy. Mm -hmm. It was just never possible before, and it is possible now. Something fundamental has changed. Mm -hmm. When dictators always dreamt about completely eliminating privacy, monitoring everybody all the time, and knowing everything you do, and not just everything you do, but even everything you, you think and everything you feel, whether it's a tyrant in ancient Greece, or whether it's Stalin, they always dreamt about it. They could never do it because it was technically impossible. Now it's possible. Stalin worked mainly with social engineering. He, he, he maybe wanted to re-engineer human biology, but he couldn't. He dreamt about creating a new man, a new human, the new Soviet, but he only had social engineering. So in the end, when the Soviet Union collapsed, you still have human beings, like they were in 1917. And we start again. In the 21st century, a new Stalin might have the ability first to really re-engineer the body down to the level of DNA and create new human species. He's saying these things out loud. Oh. I just think people are just now hearing this. Well, he's also saying, you know, he's also comparing it, his desire to Stalin favorably. And you might add Hitler and the, the whole Aryan or the race thing. And, the, you know, I mean, if anybody needs to be taken off the stage, it's people like him. And um, 
I don't know. The world better wake up. You know, you've all know Harari. He keeps talking about how China loves him too. That's kind of his fallback position. He's like, hey, you know, China loves me, right? I mean, right. China. I mean, they love me in China, right? I mean, you, okay, everybody. Because no one in America wants to hear his nonsense, but China loves him. Listen to him explain that China loves him. Here we go. Yeah, many of the things that I, 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 I visit a lot, both Europe and North America and China. And one of my main impressions is that many of the things I talk about and people in the West react with apprehension and fear. In China, the reaction to exactly the same topics is exciting. What is it to be a keyword research superstar? To find now, if we reach a point when I can ask Google anything, then when I want to buy a car, I would just ask Google, hey, Google, what, what car should I buy? And Google will take into account everything it knows, or not only about all the different cars in the world, fuel consumption and safety and regulations, and if they use child labor in a third world country to produce part of the car and so forth, it will also use everything it knows about me, my preferences, my political opinions, my views on climate change, my views on Middle Eastern politics, everything will go into that. And they will just tell you, look, the perfect car for you is X. And yeah. if they do a good enough job, I will just buy X. The advertisement will not mean anything. Actually, I will know that my judgment is constantly being manipulated by advertisers. So I don't want to trust my judgment, which is so easily manipulated. I prefer to, to trust Google. He's saying these things out loud. And again, so, it so it's okay. Don't wild. worry. Don't worry, because every time in history that people have gotten power like this, those people that control the Googles, those people that want to control the populations, they're going to be fine. They're going to be great. Nobody ever in history has taken power and done something evil with it. So his... his He's openly stating that the Chinese sympathize with his plan, sympathize with his plan, and that America does not. Well, it's logical. The Chinese don't have the freedom Americans do, and he's not getting fear from Americans. He's getting revulsion from Americans because we know what liberty and freedom is supposed to be, and this ain't it. Next update here for you. I think we know this at this point, but if we don't, it's okay. To, I want to encourage everyone to look it up. If you go to time2freeamerica.com, time2freeamerica.com, the system and method for testing for COVID-19 was definitely patented in 2015. So the system and method for testing for COVID-19 was definitely patented in 2015. Why, why, why is that important? Well, Let me get your thoughts on that. Well, it's important, you know, and even beyond before that, 2001 tabletop exercises regarding COVID and the uh, World Health Organization, World Economic Forum documents talking about COVID and what the plan would be. Obviously, if the pandemic hasn't happened yet and you've already you've already gotten this patent out there, uh, I would say that it shows it shows uh, malice of forethought, right? Correct. And I just think that most people. Uh, you know, we we're, I think most of your listeners are are probably just wonderful, nice people who don't probably wake up every day with a burning desire to do nefarious acts against their right. fellow man. But the people, the globalists, they want to depopulate the earth, which requires reducing the earth's population. Uh, Carrie Mullis, I want to get on. Hang on one second. Hang on yeah. one second. 
The globalists are not wanting to. They currently are. There's already well over, there's millions of people that have died from their plan to date, right? So it's not like we're starting at point zero. These people have already killed many, many people. I agree with that. Let me, let me chime in with this too as well. Um, the PCR test, the polymerase chain reaction right. test. People mm -hmm. uh, are, many people are, are being told they have to take a PCR test to keep their job, a polymerase chain reaction test. Well, polymerase chain reaction test was patented, uh, created by Kerry uh, Mullis. And Kerry Mullis pointed out uh, during the most recent, there's a Bobby Kennedy Jr. documentary coming out called The Real Anthony Fauci that everyone can look forward to seeing in the next couple of days or so. And in that documentary, uh, it's, it's explained that Kerry Mullis didn't want the, the polymerase chain reaction tests to be used in the way that Fauci was using them. So if you tested positive for a thing called HIV, again, if you had HIV or you thought you did, Fauci wanted you to take a polymerase chain reaction test to see if you had HIV. And if you did, they recommended that they put you on, the recommendation was to put you on AZT. And AZT is a drug that's super toxic to humans that causes people to react as though they've been injected with a radioactive substance and they died a death that looked like they were survivors uh, from a, the Holocaust. I mean, people became <laughs> emaciated, skinny, they lost all their weight. And because he couldn't get enough people willing to take the trials because people were dying, Fauci actually coordinated with the New York, the state of New York, to work with children in the foster home to force them to take the drug AZT. And because they were all dying and they didn't want to take the drug, Fauci then had surgeries done where they were forced to be fed AZT involuntarily. And they all died. These people were dying. This is a fact. So this is in the body. This? this is sourced in the, the upcoming documentary you mentioned? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, let me uh, let me pull it up here for you real quick. So this is, again, AZT. So you take a polymerase chain reaction test to see if you have AIDS, in this case, HIV. And if you do, they say, let's put you on. Let's go ahead and put you on right now. Let's get you on a little AZT, a poisonous toxic drug. So now if you did the same thing today, you, you, take a, you take a polymerase chain reaction test. I just sent you a link, by the way. You take a polymerase chain reaction test to see if you have a virus that's so deadly, you don't know if you have it. And if you test positive, they want to put you on what? Remdesivir, a drug that is patented by George Soros in China that causes renal failure, remdesivir. And to right. put you on my Dazlam, and my Dazlam is a breath suppressant that causes death. So people always ask, you know, why are we doing the Reawaken America tour? What is the point? Well, if it wasn't for great shows like yours, we you, you just wouldn't hear this information. So what we do at the Reawaken America tour is I try to get the people who are in the fight, Bobby Kennedy Jr., Mel Kay, Cash Patel, Dr. Martin, uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel, uh, you know, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., Owen Schroyer, Alex Jones, Sean Foyt. Uh, the Attorney General from Texas, uh, Ken Paxton, we've had Sidney Powell, Mike Adams, Jim Caviezel, Scott McKay, Simone Gold, Dr. Tenpenny, Eric Trump, Peter Navarro. Uh, I try to get all these people on one stage at one time to share the truth about election fraud, medical fraud, religious fraud, monetary fraud. We get Roger Stone out there. We get Robert Kiyosaki from the Rich Dad Poor Dad series. We're having Dr. Stella Emanuel, Michael Lindell, Doug Mastriano, and they come to these events. And we want to bombard people with two days of facts. And it is so important that everybody knows this information that I let anybody name their price. You can pay whatever price you want to pay. There's not a single person that gets denied entry to these events because they can't afford to go. 
All right. So you just go to time to freeamerica.com. You name your price. We just now are under 50 tickets remaining for the Reawaken America Tour in Pennsylvania that I'm leaving to. That's going to be this week, uh, the October uh, 20. 21st, 22nd, October 21st, 22nd. And then we're going to uh, Branson, Missouri in, on November 4th and 5th. Uh, but again, you can get those tickets at time2freeamerica.com. Doors open at 6 a.m. We kick off at 8 a.m. Back-to-back speakers. Uh, you're going to experience over 70 speakers over two days. We have praise and worship events. We have baptism on Friday night if you want to participate. We also have a meet and greet event. It is going to be epic. It's going to be life-changing. And I encourage every single person listening right now, get out to one of these Reawaken America Tour events. I take no income. I take no salary from these events. You know this as a truth podcaster. A lot of people in the truth movement don't make any money or they lose money because it turns out that most of the industrial complex that feeds the media, Nike, mainstream media, big pharma. They don't want to support a show like yours or an event like ours. I, I have zero sponsors for the tour. I just do these events and uh, I do it because I feel like I'm called to do it and I lose money every time. But you know what? I've never felt more, uh, uh, I've never felt more confident that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing right now than doing yeah. these Reawaken America tour events. Yeah, I, I, I echo that on a much smaller level, but that is absolutely true. Everything you said and you know, thank you so much for what you are doing, and you're you've been very effective. I know that there's been a lot of growth and people paying attention, and I think it's awesome. So I want to thank you and just tell you, you know, you're doing God's work, and God bless you for doing it. Well, no, thank you for carving out time. And I just want to say, if you're out there listening today and you're saying, what can I do to save this nation? I'm going to give you four calls to action that are free. And then one, if you want to spend some money. Uh, one, you can download the book called The Great Reawakening versus The Great Reset. It's free. You can download it at timetofreeamerica.com. I wrote that book. It's free. You can download the documentary about the Reawaken America Tour for free. Also, at timetofreeamerica.com, starring General Flynn, Mike Lindell, et cetera. Third, um, you can get a COVID-19 vaccine religious exemption for free at timetofreeamerica.com. Four, you can find a job that does not require a COVID-19 vaccine, or if you're an employer looking to hire people, you don't require a COVID-19 shot, you can sign up your business there for free. It's a great way to find great employees. And that's all free at timetofreeamerica.com. And again, if you want to attend the events, you do have to pay some price, but you can determine what price you want to pay. Um, all I can say is these events do cost hundreds of thousands of dollars to put on. And recently, if you read the uh, article the Rolling Stone did about the tour, they've discovered that I'm losing money. You know, after calling the vendors and, and asking them what they were paid, you know, how much was the sound company paid? How much was the lighting company, the stage company, the porta potty, the security company? How much were they paid? And then after talking to attendees and asking them how much did you pay, it was determined that I have, quote, unquote, bid off more than I need to, a.k.a. I'm losing money. Uh, what a great, you know example, what? What a great example of the, uh, the propagandist media attacking the wrong end instead of covering the positive benefits that uh, – I would say media companies of old, quite a while ago, yeah. would have done. But uh, well, I got to bounce, and I, I have to say thank uh, you thank again you. for for being with me, and I'd love to have you back anytime. Um, it was a pleasure being on your show as well. And yeah, safe travels, my friend. I want to make one one last point about everything that you said. Is we go through so sure. fast through everything that you have to cover. Because there's so much to cover in a small amount of time. But I want to go back to what you said about Fauci. For uh, yeah. well over a year, you know, I've been calling him the, the American Dr. Mengele. And what you just said, my viewers, my listeners, just take a minute to get rid of your distractions and think about what you said. He's going into foster homes. He is right. the American Dr. Mengele. He is True. that evil. 
100% evil. Thank you again for allowing me to be here. I do appreciate you. It's my pleasure. Thanks much, and travel safe. Hope you enjoyed those two interviews. You can go to Red-Blooded Patriots with an S, redbloodedpatriots.com. Check out the website. You can see all the past episodes there as well. Uh, lots of options for you. There's a free membership you can get. There's also some where you can donate some money towards the show, which is always appreciated. As you may know, we work on the show, but we also have other projects in the loop. Right now we have the docu-series High Treason You Decide, which is a six-part series. And you can check that out at AmericaFirstProductions.com. That's America, the number one, STProductions.com. That is what I produce these uh, document uh, documentaries uh, under the name of America First Productions. Also, this week, I went to and did some video shooting for another documentary that uh, will be coming out, uh, I would imagine, a little bit before the... the uh, the High Treason documentary series, Breaking the Oath, The Evils of Incentivized Healthcare, focuses on the COVID protocols and the other uh, conditions in healthcare today that uh, to lead to uh, deaths, uh, specifically with the COVID protocols, leads to the deaths on average of 1,000 people uh, per day, which uh, we have to uh, get serious about this and that one, I uh, focus on the story of Scott Shara and his daughter Grace, who you see in the picture, was a 19-year-old gal who basically was murdered, and, and uh, uh, it's explained throughout the documentary. If you haven't seen it uh, in my show or other shows, I know Scott Scott has done uh, many interviews by now, hundreds of interviews. So, so those projects are upcoming. Uh, also wanted to just throw in at the end here a couple things for you. Dr. Jason Dean, who I had on the show a couple weeks ago, we talked about uh, his product, and you can check that out at bravetv.com. And also my store or my pillow. Remember, the code is TPR. You can call that number there, 800-652-9031, 800-652-9031. Again, the code is TPR. And lastly, Right America Media, we are uh, being televised on that on Monday evenings. You can check that streaming channel out and take a look at uh, the other shows that they have there. All very good as well. So I hope you enjoyed the show. Again, you can comment. You can uh, contact me at uh, redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com and always visit the website as at redbloodedpatriots.com. So thank you very much. Next week we have another show, Sunday, 4 o'clock, live streaming Cloud Hub and Rumble, and then uploaded or linked on all the other social pages. Again, check out redbloodedpatriots.com. You get the latest information there. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.